everybody. Welcome back to episode 53 of the Back Builders podcast. First and foremost, I just want to let you guys know that this episode is sponsored by my friend at CombatComeOver.com. He makes fantastic pomade. I refuse to use any other pomade at this point. If you are, let's say you're on active duty or reserves or whatever, if you have a hat on 90% of your day, Combat Comb Over makes it really easy for you not to have to worry about getting your hair all messed up and stuff like that. Because that was one of the biggest problems for me. This is why I didn't use pomade for years was because um, you're wearing your patrol cap all day or now your drill hat and it messes up your hair, whatever pomade you have, and you just look ridiculous afterwards. But co Combat Comb Over is made to um, prevent that from happening. So yeah, check them out. It's just literally combatcombover.com. You have a discount code. It's salty. You got 10% off your entire order. He's a good friend of mine. <clears throat> he is still in the service. He's an E7 type and makes uh, genuinely good products. I would not promote a product on here if I did not believe that it is worth it. But yeah, combatcombover.com, salty, 10% off your guys' entire order. Moving forward, I uh, just want to thank our newest Patreon supporters. We have so many, I literally can't even keep track. I, we have in the last 50 days, I'd say 30 to 50, only because month, month and a half, I would say maybe 50 new Patreon subscribers. So phenomenal. Thank you guys so much. And uh, don't forget to check that out, like I always say. So this episode is based off of a kind of a reminder that I had over this was about two days ago and um it got me thinking so recently we had a service member his name is tyler i believe he's an e4 in the army with the 160th soar he recently was killed in action in i believe what is it, afghanistan afghanistan or iraq what's the difference at this point and he um was from my town you know he's only about 30 minutes away from me 45 minutes away from me and last week, my mom sent me a, you know, Facebook message saying that they they will be doing a motorcade for Tyler. Now, if you guys don't know what a motorcade is, which I'm sure 90% of you do, but if you don't, it's basically when they are moving the body of a fallen, whether it's warrior or just anybody relatively important. And you have to travel on a freeway or on a road or whatever. And I'm sure you guys have seen the pictures where everybody will line up with flags and stuff like that um, and be on overpass bridges and just showing overall support for the fallen. Now, if you guys have ever seen it before, a lot of the times the outpour for supporting that, let's say fallen soldier, like for example, Tyler is massive. I'm talking about usually thousands of people show up and watch the you know casket come down the road. And if you guys have ever watched videos of what the inside of that vehicle looks like when it's driving down the road, let's, you know, because the parents or the wife or the girlfriend or whoever, the family is in the car with the casket going down the road with the, uh, what's it called? What's the vehicle? Hertz? I don't remember the vehicle that pulls the, uh, that has the casket in it. I don't know why. Forgot the name. But anyways, so the vehicle, um, the I watched this video this one time of a family member that was recording it and it was just so sad and so depressing. But yet at the same time, it just fills you with pride because the family is on the inside with the body, you know, with the casket, with the flag over and stuff like that, just sobbing their eyes out and 
only after they see how much support their fallen family member actually has, that's when they like really start to break down. It's really sad. It's really, really sad. I'm sure you can find a video uh, of it somewhere. But, you know, so my mom sent me this message maybe a week and a half ago, and it basically said that they're doing a motorcade for Tyler. Now, I am in the mountains. Everything that's down the mountain seems super far away from me at this point. You know what I mean? 45 minutes away to get to the nearest Walmart, you know, with traffic and um, the nearest McDonald's is like 20 minutes away. It's like I am up here. So when she sent me that message, I didn't really think about it too much. I was just like, oh, that would be really cool to go to, you know, if I can, you know, have the time to go to this or if I'm not busy that day, then I'll definitely make it. But for the most part, I will admit that I just forgot about it, unfortunately. And um, another reason why, too, is gas is so expensive. Going anywhere nowadays in California is horrible. We're at 350 a gallon, but that's not an excuse. But then a weird twist of fate happened. Um, a couple days ago during, this was on September 12th. What's today? September 16th. Was that four days ago already? No, that was like 13th. I don't know. A few days ago, I'm sitting there and it's the evening. I've gotten all my work done for the day. I didn't want to go to jujitsu because uh, my neck and my back is just killing me. And I'm like, I need to give this a break. So I was like, I still want to train somehow. I don't want to weightlift. I don't want to do jujitsu. Um, I want to give myself time to heal, but I still want to train something. So I was like, you know what? I'll go shooting today. Didn't really want to go shooting too much because nine mil ammo is really hard to find. So I was like, I'm just going to drive down there. I'm going to fire off some rounds, maybe 20 to 30 rounds, you know, just get out into the desert and enjoy being by myself. Maybe listen to a good podcast on the way down. I'm about 30 minutes out of my 45 minute drive down to the range and I'm coming down the freeway and I see I'm, I'm, the overpasses. The first overpass I see has uh, fire trucks on top of it and just 20 to 30 American flags and probably about 100 people on this overpass looking at us and I'm driving. I'm like, what's going on? Are they doing a parade or something up there? And then I realize they're looking down at the freeway. And then I'm like, what are they waiting for? And then I realize that Tyler's motorcade was today. And by a weird, you know, twist of fate, I just happened to be driving down the freeway in the exact same hour that Tyler would be coming down. He was only maybe 45 minutes behind me at this point. I didn't know if he already passed. I didn't know if he was about to pass, but I'm like, oh crap, this is, so now I'm, now I'm deciding, I'm like, okay, should I go shooting? Or should I stop and wait for Tyler's memorial? And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm here. You know, there's no excuse for me to just to pass and drive on. And I know for a couple reasons, one, that I'll feel super guilty if I just was thinking about myself and just thought, um, you know, I'd rather go shooting or whatever. So I try to get off of the first exit and it is just packed full of people. There's nowhere to park. And I'm like, ah. Like I, there's nowhere to park. You can't park on the side of the freeway and I'm in a really like ghetto area. So I didn't want to park super far away and leave my car there, especially with my pistol in the car. So I was like, fuck, I'm, uh, I, I, I was in a situation. Where I was like, okay, all right, let me try to drive down to the next freeway overpass a couple miles down the road and see if there's another one on the next overpass, which is the last overpass until it just goes into endless deserts. So I'm driving down a couple miles and then I notice, and I'm going to share pictures of this with you guys on Instagram. If you guys don't follow me on Instagram, you will see that I, uh, you know, shared pictures already, but maybe I could share them on this. And I see another 
group of fire trucks. But this time, since I'm guessing because it's last overpass, there's 10 times more people. There's two fire trucks with their cranes or their ladders up in the air and then a huge American flag, the biggest American flag I've seen in a long, long time. The the American flags that are in like football stadiums and the American flags that are, um, where else have I seen those? Oh, in, in uh, car sales places, what's it called? Whatever. And that's, the flag was massive. So I'm like, okay, I think I could pull off here because I see a gas station to the right. I pull off and then there's just tons of people walking to this bridge. I pull off into the gas station. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm not going shooting anymore, but at least I get to do this. And I get out of my car and I'm walking up to the bridge. And like I said, there's so many people there. Now they said that the motorcade would be coming between five and six o'clock. At this point, it was probably about 5:30, so I knew I only had to wait about 30 minutes before Tyler came underneath me. And I'm waiting for about 30 minutes and I have my headphones in, I'm listening to my music and thoughts start to appear in my head, you know, as thoughts do when you have an abundance amount of time and when you're surrounded by something like that. And I'm looking at all of these people to my left and to the right of me. And to my left, you have um, I mean, in this particular situation, there was tons of young people. I think they're from a high school, maybe his high school, because he was relatively young too. He's like 23 and they're all from a high school and they just had tons of American flags on them. They're holding little American flags. They were with their family. They were just everywhere. It was just, it was so strange to see, at least for me, well, let me continue here before, before I start going into that tangent. But, and then to my right, there was older people and I don't know where these older people were from. You know, they weren't all like from a senior home or something, but they were just older, but they were also in the same thing. American flags, tons of America. I've never seen, I have not seen that many American flags together in people's hands since like active duty on Fort Campbell. And then to my back, right is obviously the two fire trucks. And then above my head, is this ginormous American flag that I talked about earlier. And then underneath the American flag on each side, there is a fire truck. And then on top of that fire truck, there were two firemen who were sitting there, I will say looking quite majestic in their turnouts. And they had their, uh, you know, their hard ha- helmets on. They had their not full turnouts. If you guys know what turnouts are, they're, they're the not uniform, the, the gear that the firefighters wear. They're just wearing their pants and then their boots. And then they have their blue firefighter shirts on. But I could tell they were all service members because they were standing, or unless the fire department teaches this, but they were all standing at parade rest and waiting for the vehicles to come. But during this moment, I had a chance to think about what the American spirit actually is and what it means to me and how at least myself and I think it's fair to admit a lot of you guys listening to this have kind of forgot what it not necessarily what it means to be an American. We all know what it means to be an American, but we've kind of forgotten to I don't know how to describe this. But I feel like maybe we have forgotten what it, what it means to be an American, or at least I have to a certain extent, because let me explain. 
there has been turmoil in something I don't even, you know, need to elaborate too deeply on, but there has been great political turmoil in our country for the last, what, three to four years. Uh, more specifically, the last year has been really hard on us. You have all these, you know, quote, peaceful protests now, the same peaceful protests that just happened to burn down hundreds of small businesses and you have people looting, you know, you have various riots you have um, murders, you have like, there's so many political, I mean, I'm, I'm not even talking about just general violence. Every society has general violence and crime, but I'm talking about the fabric of America is changing. And probably I would say around November, um, things are going to change. I don't know if they're going to be for the better or for the worse, but there's a lot of tension in our country right now. Something that if you're even relatively politically aware of, if this is not news to you. If you watch any news channel, that's all they talk about 24 freaking seven to the point to where you feel so claustrophobic and you feel so smothered that you end up being in this realm of something what I call proximity delusion when you feel like all this violence and all this political unrest and all this turmoil is just in your backyard. When in actuality, most of the time, it's very, very far away from you and it'll probably never affect you. But social media and the media in general, especially the media, which I hate for the most part, 99% of the media outlets I loathe, but they give you this really, this feeling of just nihilism and darkness and they're paying uh, they're getting paid for your clicks and they're getting paid for your attention. So we just keep feeding them and we keep feeding them. And then we get this idea like America is just on fire and that it's burning and that, you know, there's going to be no survivors and that there's this civil war coming up, which I will admit is possible because every great civilization that's ever existed from Rome to England to Germany, um, every civilization that's ever existed has experienced civil unrest has experienced, you know, riots, civil war. We had our own massive civil war. We had, um, political upheavals. We've had politicians. I mean, Rome has had how many politicians killed and it's 2000 years of existing thousands of thousands, probably how many times has one party taken over the other? Oh, in that book that I read, the the rise and fall of Rome or whatever it's called, there's like 30 times there was a, a Senator or an emperor or something like that, who literally got murdered by like chair sticks you know, like the stool, um, they, at one point they took chairs, broke out the legs and then beat up the other party and killed like 300 people. Point is, is that this is not an anomaly, you know, this, uh, experiencing this uprising of violence that we're having now, but with the media being literally in our hands, we just feel like America is just gone. There's no point in salvaging it. It's gone. Like, let's just move on. I can't tell you how many people that I've talked to both on the far left and the far right who just want to start from scratch. They want to just blow everything up and burn it all down. And, you know, to a certain extent, a lot of people can rationalize that and be like, you know what? No matter how far they are on the left, no matter how far they are on the right, they can always come to the conclusion that maybe it's better that we start off from scratch. And that's not the right answer. Let me explain why. America is by far, now obviously if you're out of another country and you're listening to this, you may disagree, which is fine, but America is by far the greatest country that has ever existed. No country has more freedoms than ours. No country has more opportunity for greatness 
um, whether it is in business or family life or just general freedoms, um, most powerful country that's ever existed, most powerful military, most prosperous, most well-funded military that's ever existed. There's a reason why everybody from everywhere in the world wants to come to America. That's because they know that it's the greatest. The best is America. Obviously, I'm biased because I am an American. I've been an American for 26 years now. I would expect you to say the same thing about your country. Let's say you're German. I want you to say that German uh, that the German country is the best, or if you're Swedish, I want you to say the Swedish is the best. I want you to have nationalistic pride, which I believe that every American should have. Now, going back to my original point on the bridge is that I was reminded that the American spirit is not dead. It is not dead. Is it dying? Maybe I could say that it's dying. You know, people are much less prideful of America now than they were, let's say, the 1950s. But the American spirit is not dying. It's still alive. There are still people who want to see America prosper, who genuinely care about our lands and want to keep it safe and they want to keep it secure. They care about the election. They care about the soldiers. They care about the veterans. They care about fire. They care about police. They care about each other. There are people out there who genuinely still care. And on that bridge, I was reminded of that powerful American spirit, the same American spirit that helped us recover after World War One and after World War Two the same American spirit that built one of the most powerful economies that ever existed, the same American spirit that changed the world. It was still alive on that bridge. And on that bridge, I was reminded how great and how lucky we are to be Americans, to live in one of the greatest countries that has ever existed. And as a young man, I would say around 15, 16, and 17, I was a patriot through and through. I still am, but more so America had this weird, magical feeling to it. And this could be naivete. I didn't, you know, I was young. I wasn't aware of politics, but there was some beautiful truth in my mindset when I was in my young teens. And I was so so, so proud to be an American that you wouldn't believe how I, I wanted nothing. I wanted nothing more than a fifth as a 15 year old to serve my country. I knew I always, I knew I wanted to be a service member, but I would watch these movies. Like I've talked about in the past, world war two movies or, you know, any movies at all. I watched the news about the soldiers and stuff like that. And I wanted to serve my country so bad, not because I wanted to be a part of the Marines or the army, but because I loved America so much that I wanted to contribute to it. Patriotism is in my blood. It's been in my family's blood since day one. And I don't ever want that to go away. But over the last several years of me watching crony politicians steal from the American people, watching the lies, watching the robbery, watching our Second Amendment being slowly chiseled away, watching the rise of sex trafficking and pedophilia, which is thankfully finally coming to the light, you start to kind of lose hope and you start to kind of be caught in this darkness and you only focus on the bad parts of America, which I will admit should be addressed thoroughly. Um, maybe even eventually violently, but there are aspects of America that is still beautiful. It's still alive. It's still true. And on that bridge at that moment, looking at that flag, 
I was reminded of how much I still actually care about this country and how much I still want to serve. And that only amplified my pride when it comes to still being in the service and wearing that uniform and having that flag on my shoulder is that I am supporting not only the country as it existed now, but my ancestors that lived in this country for the last several hundred years. You know, I told you guys that my, on my dad's side, the my family has been here literally since the Revolutionary War. I have family members who have literally helped George Washington in his, uh, I think, my dad always tells me a story and then I always forget, but basically we had French family who funded George Washington's war campaign against the British. And without my family, there was a really good possibility that George Washington would have lost the war. I think he had a boating business or some sort, which he sold, went into bankruptcy, gave everything that he possibly could to George Washington because the English was destroying his boats and he wanted revenge and he wanted to win the war. Ended up going bankrupt, gave George Washington everything that he had and never recovered and ended up dying a very poor man. However, he helped George Washington win the war. Now, irrelevant, that's a story for another time, but my blood goes back to the dawn of the American Revolution, to the very first days. And there is pride to be had in that. And why should I, of all people, want to burn America to the ground? Why would I want to start over when so many people have risked so much to get to where we are right now? Just think about the amount of pain and death and suffering and overcoming adversity and just triumph and glory and everything that comes along with building a nation. Why would I want to throw that away? Why would I want to burn that to the ground? That makes absolutely no sense. But yet everybody on the far right and I, I know I've been around these people since day one. Everybody on the far right talks about burning everything to the ground, starting over, building a new state. And then everybody on the left wants to do virtually far left. And when I say far left and far right, I mean literally like far left, far right, wants to burn everything to the ground and start all over, but just with a different mission. But I want to preserve America as for what we want it to be and what it is, but you know, point is, is that on that bridge, I was reminded that the American spirit is not dead, that it's still alive, that there's still a lot of people that really care about this country out there. And for those of you guys who are listening to this, you know, whether you're from out of country or maybe you, you're from America or you've you just like whatever, just know that there's a lot of people in this country who still care about it and who will do anything that it possibly takes to preserve this country and preserve its greatness. Now, I am, like I've talked about in the past, I am not a doomer and I'm not a nihilist, but I do think that violence is in the future. I've talked about this in my previous episodes before. Um, things will change here really soon. I have a feeling that 2021 is going to look a lot different from 2020. One interesting thing. So here I am on top of this bridge um, looking at the flag, looking at the firefighters, and just being in awe and reverence of how beautiful that moment was. The sun was coming in. It was smoky, so the sky was kind of gold, and I saw this golden light coming through the flags, and it was just overall extremely aesthetically pleasing. And then, finally, after about 45 minutes to an hour of sitting there, 
the captain on top of the fire truck calls the entire battery. I think they called it a battery to attention, which is weird because there's only about five firefighters there. And then I knew that the the motorcade was coming down the freeway. I look down the freeway. I see all the lights. I see all of the flags. And then in the very front, I see the vehicle with the casket in it. Now, at this moment in time, I can only describe, I can only describe uh, what it felt like. But here, it was in slow motion almost watching Tyler, this guy that I've never met in my entire life. I only just recently learned of what he looks like. But all I know is that he is an American soldier who was killed in action so I already have an attachment to that, obviously, for obvious reasons, being a service member myself. Um, but as that vehicle was coming down the freeway, it was just in slow motion, I think for everybody. And I have it on video. And then it was coming towards me going about 35 to 45 miles per hour. And I look down at the vehicle and... I didn't know this, but the top is open there's a sunroof. So you could look down and you could see in the vehicle. And I looked down and I saw the casket with a flag on top of it. The most beautiful, bright, clean flag I've ever seen in my entire life over the casket. And I knew at that moment that I would never forget that. That is screenshotted in my head, looking down through a chain link fence on an overpass bridge on a smoky day in California and looking at Tyler's casket. Essentially what I felt like was just looking straight down into his face and in a flood of emotions came into me at that very instant flood of anger, sadness, slight confusion and Everybody on that bridge felt the same exact thing after that casket passed underneath us. And I looked to my left and to my right and everybody was crying and everybody was upset, obviously for good reasons. It was a very emotional moment, especially when you see the entire family in the car crying. They all have their glasses on, they're all in black going to the funeral. But then after that, something really interesting happened. There was about a thousand cars behind that vehicle, about a hundred motorcycles with just American flags everywhere. You had every motorcyclist in some type of VFW or, you know, they were all probably veterans, but just honking their horns, yelling at us, waving at us, you know, every car that passed, there was just an endless amount of horns. And then after the sadness came an undescribable amount of pride. And I felt that feeling of pride that I have not felt in a while. True, deep pride in our land and in our blood. And it was through the solidarity that I experienced on that bridge, both above it and under it. And I'm talking, guys, I'm talking hundreds, maybe even thousands of cars. I don't know. It went on for so long that I actually left after like 20 minutes of just endless people honking and waving and just pride. Pride like I have not seen in years. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I'm not saying it's died, but I haven't seen it like that in so long. Not with my own eyes. 
But to be there and to experience that and to feel that connection again between my fellow countrymen was just good. So that finishes up and, you know, the cars just keep coming and coming and everybody's honking and waving at us. Everybody's, you know, there's people on the bridge still crying, especially like the young women. Um, And then we leave and me and about 30 other people who have flags, we have flags all over us. There's no freaking Trump flags. There's no political flags at all. There's just flags, American flags and people in, you know, prideful American garb. We're walking back down to the gas station with about 30 people. And, um, we're about a half mile down the road about to come to the gas station. We're at a stoplight about to cross the road. And then some guy comes up to us and he starts yelling at us, black lives matter, black lives matter, all lives matter, black lives matter. And he starts literally just screaming at us, black lives matter, black lives matter, black lives matter. And then he starts screaming, all lives matter, all lives matter, all lives. So let's put this into context here, right? Let's, let's gain some perspective into this. You have a bunch of people, about 30 of us who are mourning, essentially, who are grieving, who are emotionally upset, especially the women. And then we're at a stoplight and then you have some guy coming up at a stoplight screaming at you, black lives matter, black lives matter, black lives matter, all lives matter, all scream. Like he wasn't friendly about it. That's the thing. If he would, if, if he would have been like, guys, all lives matter, black lives matter. And then that would have been a little different, but not too much. But he was screaming at us and he looked pissed wrong rally, dude. We're not at a pro Trump rally. We're not at a black lives matter rally. We're not protesting. We are supporting a fallen warrior who just drove underneath the bridge five minutes ago. And he thought we were just some political rally there for whatever reason. I don't know if he thought that because we were all white, everybody on that bridge was white and he was black. I don't know if he thought that we were anti BLM. So he just felt like he needed to remind us that black lives matter. I don't really know what happened, but of course, what do you think the crowd's going to do? They have some dude yelling at us from the side of the road, black lives matter, all lives matter, black lives matter. And of course my crowd, I'm looking at this dude and I'm like, what is he, what is he trying to get out? What is he trying to get out of this? I don't understand. I didn't say anything. But of course, the entire crowd that I was with was like, F you, F you, screaming at him. And then as he's driving away, he says, F you, white bitch, F you, white bitch. And I'm like, well, all right, we're back. You know, so it's like that moment of of really clear solidarity that I had and that pride that I felt. There's that weird compare and contrast that reminded me that there are still serious political problems in America. And it was just weird to go from being able to experience such amazing pride and solidarity to having some guy scream black lives matter in your face only five minutes later and having your entire group say F you to that guy. And then him saying F you white bitch back. It was a reminder that it was just weird guys. I can't even experience it. And then I'm just like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? So as my group is walk, I'm saying my group because it's the people that I was with. So as we're walking to the gas station, of course, now everybody's all worked up. They're like, F that guy, F that guy. He, you know, he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know why we're here. Blah, blah, blah. Everyone's all upset. 
what a perfect representation of America that was, right? You still have an entire group of people who are just there, you know, who care, who just want to support an American. And then you have another person who just wants to harass and cause, that's what that guy was doing. He was just harassing, he was causing problems. I don't know who that dude was. I don't know what his mindset was. I don't even know why he did that, but it was unnecessary in my opinion. But it, it's irrelevant at that point. All you had was two groups of Americans screaming at each other. And it's the perfect representation of the current state of America that we actually have. So, you know, overall, a very interesting experience. I learned a lot. I'm glad that I pulled off on that overpass and I'm glad I stayed on that bridge and I still got to go shooting after that, which was also nice. Um, I, I, the range was only about 20 minutes away at this point. So I drove down the road and fired off maybe 20 to 30 rounds, got some good practice in and had a long drive back and thought about my experiences. And I knew I wanted to put in an episode somehow, but yeah, interesting time, an interesting Sunday. I believe that was. But it's weird because Americans need those reminders. And I do think that this next year is going to be really tough for us. This year alone has been tough for us. 2020 has been a pain in the ass. It definitely has. But I learned that I'm still extremely proud. Not that I ever fully forgot, but it was nice to have that reminder that I'm still extremely proud to be an American. And um, I feel like we all get kind of caught up in that fantasy, or at least a lot of us, of going off grid and not having to deal with the politics anymore, the people, which is very easy to rational, rationalize and very easy to do. It's very easy to get caught up in that fantasy of moving to a, another country like Sweden, like I did, or Denmark, or buying property in North Canada to get away from the, quote, peaceful protests and mixed stuff like that. But interesting experience. But anyways, I feel like I've, I've talked about this for long enough. All right, I'm out of here. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, go ahead and shoot that in the link below in my Patreon if you're a part of that. And then if not, have a fantastic...